The hosts, Rob Velazzi and Jason Dominique, and their guests are not financial advisors unless otherwise disclaimed. The content on Today at Ember is for educational and entertainment purposes only and merely cite their own personal opinions. Know that all investments involve some form of risk. Please work with an investment professional. And now on to today's episode with Today at Ember. Hello, hello. Welcome to another edition of Today at Ember, a weekly informative series brought to you by the Ember team. I am your host, Head of Communications, Rob Velazzi, and my co-host, Head of Strategy, Jason Dominique. Jason, how are you doing, buddy? Hey, Rob. Happy to be here again. Uh, thanks. Excellent. Excellent. And we have a, a great show for you guys. Every show is a little bit different, and we promised you some guests on this series. And today, we're excited to announce our very first guest, our Chief Executive Officer, Andrew Cunningham. Andrew, how are you doing today, buddy? I'm doing well. Thank you, Rob, for the introduction. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. It's your first time on here since we had today at Ember. I know the community is excited to have you on. We're excited to have you on. It's a real pleasure. No, absolutely. appreciate that. It's, uh, you know, we've, we've had a lot going on, obviously, uh, in the background in the past month. We've been working, I guess, really diligently. And I think a lot of what we've been working on is going to start coming to the fore pretty soon. There's a lot going on, obviously, with, with smart contracts and products and apps and all sorts of things. So I'm, I'm really excited, Rob. We've got some good things happening. Yeah, absolutely. And for those of you guys who are listening to us now, we know we're live here every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on twitch.tv slash join Ember. That's E-M-B-R. But you can always catch us on Spotify or, or Apple Podcasts. And also, we're excited to announce we have our new website or another version of our website that's just been launched. And we also have a merch store. I mean, thank you to Jamie, who's head of design. I mean, this just looks absolutely gorgeous. I mean, you guys have to be really excited. I am. I just, I mean, we just released this morning as well a Today at Ember t shirt. So I'm really looking forward to um, getting one of them and definitely a hoodie as well. I know some people have already started receiving some, some merch. So, if you have ordered anything, it would be nice that you share it. And um, yeah, we'll add it potentially on our socials. And uh, yeah, definitely uh, sh- show us and wear them proudly. No, absolutely. If you guys if you guys receive your merchandise, please take a picture and send it to us. Put on Discord. We'll be happy to reshare that and show the rest of the community that Amber swag. Because it is really impressive stuff. And it's, it's not just some shirt that looks like that you're trying to promote something. It actually looks like real decent apparel, which is pretty impressive. And that's one of the things I guess we're trying to point for is to have something that's, you know, not you know, rockets to the moon and stuff like that. We just want to have good quality merchandise, you know, a bit of brand on there, but we want to try and keep it pretty sensible and, you know, pretty high level, I guess. Uh, and I think that's what the community is sort of asking for. And, you know, we'll grow into that. We'll put more stuff up on there. And we'll start to sort of see what you know particular garments people like and what the the favorite items are and so forth. So this is certainly a a first step. It's a learning step. You know, in all honesty, we haven't put an exorbitant amount of time into it. You know, it's a it's a get started, get going thing. Um, you know, Jamie has been working more particularly around obviously design, uh, particularly with uh, Gustavo as well. And um, 
I have to say it looks great. And I do, I do have to say is that my, my fiance, she's like, where is the girl's like tank top? Apparel. Yeah. She's yeah. like, yeah. She's like, where, where's, where's the girl's apparel? She's like, let's get this going here. So, so Jamie, if you're listening, hint, hint. <laughs> <laughs> the girls, even though they're not as, not as active here, you see in the community, trust me, they're out there though. They want to have those, uh, singlets. <laughs> Absolutely. So. Let's, uh, I guess, go through a few other things, um, start thinking a little bit about, you know, we've got some things coming up at the moment. Everyone's sort of waiting on the launch. And, you know, I think we just want to sort of run through, you know, there has been a, a couple small delays around that. And that's largely around the hack and audit that we're doing. We've got three smart contracts. We've got a token contract, which effectively runs the token. We've got a vault contract which uh, is where you know the tokens sit that are you know, best in going through process. And then we've also got our crowd sale contract. And that crowd sale is what runs the private sale, uh, both the private and public pre-sale. So we've got all three currently at uh, Hacken for audit. They've come back and gone through a couple of quick things with us. Thankfully, nothing was found from a security you know, exploit or anything like that. Just a couple of things they wanted us to to go through and resolve over, which we've now done, and we're just waiting for them to actually come back and give us that green light. So it's uh, it's not an unknown quantity, unfortunately, that a new token or a new project is, you know, waiting for the finalization of an audit before it can proceed. You know, theoretically, we could proceed before them, but we think from a you know responsibility and from a discipline perspective, it's more important that we absolutely get this uh, you know foundation right. Get that and, final check mark from them so that we can go through responsibly and do this raise. Because, you know, we hear about things where there are, you know, exploits or things don't quite go right. And, um, you know, we don't want to even think about that. Sort of and, thing. So it's really And, and I, just, it I, just want, I just want to add on that too, as well, is that, you know, leadership comes from the top and you being the CEO and how, you know, you've kind of set out the structure of what it is that we want to lay out to the public before we ever ask for their investment. And you know this is this is some 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 key company culture points that you've really instilled in all of us being a part of the team. They were like these things have to be set in place before we ever ask for a dollar or an investment from the public, and that's paramount to what we're doing here. Yeah, I appreciate that, Rob. And you know, we as a team have obviously you know worked before in the past together, and it's really important that we you know get some trust and earn some trust. And, you know, we have an opportunity there where we are creating from ground up our own environment, our own smart contract. You know, we're not walking into a situation where we're trying to work with a number of levers that are potentially, you know, challenging from day one. So, you know, we're, we're creating our own destiny. Uh, and as you just said, I believe that it's really important that people can see what we're doing. You know, we've got a screenshot of the app sitting up on there at the moment. We've got five different things that we're working on. Three of those are pretty much pretty darn close to ready in the background at the moment. So we, we're showing and we're exposing what the product is. We've actually got a video that we're working on as well. It doesn't quite match the tone at the moment of what we're doing. So we'll release that when we get to a point that we're comfortable and ready. But I think it's, um, it's really important that we sort of show people what we're working on, what we're doing. And you know we go on a journey together because this is a long-term journey that we're going on. And that's expressed as far as the vesting is concerned, you know, there's, there's a vesting period for tokens and that's good and bad. It's bad because people go, well, hey, you know, nine months or six months, it's a lot of time sitting there with my tokens. You know, what if I want to jump out? What if I need the money? 
but it's good because it allows the team to effectively execute upon the project that we want to deliver. You know, it allows us to actually do the work that we need to do. A lot of meme coins have this you know, up and down, pump and dump and all this. We don't want that. We want to have at least six months of clear run to finalize, deliver and ship products so that at the end of each month, people can have a look at it and say, hey, that's really good. I've got a lot of confidence in where this is going. So effectively having a vesting schedule, it means that we get to build good product. We get to build good utility and put that out. And it also means that you get to come along on that journey. And yes, you can release 10% of your shares you know, per month and 10% initially, which is fantastic, or 15 if you're um, on the public pre-sale course. But it also means that you potentially don't get nervous and you know, sell everything out because you know, it's, uh, it has a bit of a, a jump and then you know, come back six months later and see all of the, the wonderful things we've been working on and go, would have been nice to, to hold on to a little bit. So it, it kind of, I think, protects in both ways, but it gives our engineering team and our, our design team the ability to actually execute without you know, an egg timer on the desk. Well, what's also great about it too as well is that, and Jason, you could probably add in this after I'm finished, that the community has options. If you feel that that you want to have you know the most beneficial discount and are willing to do a nine month vesting schedule with our proprietary smart contract, you're able to do so. If you say, hey, you know, maybe I don't want to wait nine months, maybe six months is better, but I'm not going to be as privileged to have such a generous discount, but there'll still be a discount. Then I'm I don't mind waiting for a six months vesting period. Or you can do all three. You can say, hey, you know, I might do private, I might do public sale, and then when it comes to the open market, that way you have options because diversification is what's key. Jason, do you want to add on that? No, I think, I mean, we've covered those subjects quite extensively, you know, on previous shows. And I think that most people understand now that this is not just something for us. This is something that we believe will bring, uh, will instill trust in not only that their investment is safe, but also that you know no one can act unpredictably uh, and affect the market as well. And I want to go back to, um, and I think this is a good segue into maybe a few things. Obviously, as you mentioned, Rob, uh, there's the new website. And Andrew, you've mentioned, we've dropped some key and some sneak peeks into things that you know, nobody's seen. If you think about the section where you see a shot of the V2 of the app that's coming, uh, that is the first time, you know, people have seen it. So uh, I'm, I'm excited about this second version that's coming out. As you all know, it, you know, our first iteration on it had the objective of tracking one single token but the second version, like this is going to change a lot of things. This is our, I mean, it's, a, it's an organic evolution. And, you know, being able to track multiple tokens is definitely something natural. But being able to also see your portfolio, and we're not going to go into what, what's coming up after, but this second <laughs> uh, iteration is... Um, is something that we're quite excited about. And this is coming very, very soon. So um, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm happy. I'm, I'm actually the alpha build, obviously. I think a few of us have seen the alpha build. You know, James is primarily working on this. And it's it's pretty good. You know, we've got 300 tokens that we track by default on the BSC network. The way that we've set it up, we have the ability to also track Ethereum network and also Matic network. 
and that'll be switched on uh, not quite uh, at launch of the app, but the, the secondary part of that. But you know, you'll be able to do a search for any you know tokens. Just just you know, use text search, and it will come up with it. And you can click add to your dashboard, and you can sort of create. And it looks uh, it looks you know, gorgeous too, by the way. I mean, it looks amazing. I mean, if yeah. it's it's so above and beyond anything that people are expecting. Yeah, absolutely, and and it's you know it's got Jamie's flavor written all over it, which is fantastic. You know, getting that uh, visual—it's a critical part to the user experience. And you know, we've got a really good design flow in there. We've got some good things around, obviously, the charting. You've seen some of our you know ability in in how we manage and manipulate the charts and these sorts of things and candles and you know when you think about that for each individual part of you know each tracking each individual um, you know project that you want to track, it's it's going to be pretty good. And then when we start to think a little bit further down the track about Ember Social, which we're already thinking of, and how we actually integrate those social communities into our app, I won't go into the detail of it now because I'll probably get in a little bit of trouble if I go into too much detail. But you know, just think about integrating <laughs> social communities into an app that manages tokens and being able to have that backward and forward, and then integrating that back into a launch pad. You know, we. I think the word ecosystem gets thrown around a little bit too casually sometimes in this particular space, in, in the sort of, I guess, cryptocurrency space. But we are sort of trying to, to bring together a group of products you know, that is, is more representative of a technology company that's actually you know, leveraging on working with within the cryptocurrency space. But then you know, once we start getting down that path of you know, everyday transactions, uh, you know, Ember as a well, financial user. Also, too, also too, don't get me started about people getting in trouble because as head of communications, and you guys are always kind of wrapping me on the head and the hands. You've got your fair share of trouble. Yes, exactly. Sure. Where, 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 where you guys, there's all this super exciting and, and like amazing information that I want to share with the public. And you guys are like, hold back, hold back. You guys, you got to take yeah. it back a bit, Rob. Do not give it to the public. But it's so exciting, the stuff that we're doing. So... For Andrew, our CEO of all people, to be the person who's like, I don't want to say that to get in trouble. I, I feel fi- the, 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 the playing field has been leveled finally. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think I'm, I'm, I'm about one back on you. You're still about nine ahead of me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good transition too. talking about IDO. Now that we're about to launch shortly, I know we're still waiting on Hacken and this is what's imperative to what we do when we launch and how we present to the public. And our audit is very important. And this lays out the groundwork to how IDOs will work in the future with our own launchpad. Jason, do you want to kind of add to that? Well, absolutely, Rob. So yes, just waiting for a few more uh, confirmations, uh, uh, specifically the hacking thing, so that we can announce the date. But it's coming, uh, you know, in the next couple of days, hopefully hours. But as soon as we know, you'll know for sure. In regards to the IDO, um, you know, I've said it before, you know, I come from more of a traditional startup environment. And I think Andrew is the same as well. We share uh, similar paths, but this tool is something truly revolutionary, you know, in, in terms of how you can raise capital and how you can also raise it so fast. You know, if you look at your traditional way of funding uh, an idea, a concept, or even like, uh, you know, a, a proof of concept, your, your first beta or your go-to market, IDOs are definitely not new on the block, but they've been used for the last couple of years to launch some of the most promising projects that have gained traction today. And I think beyond the method that 
it raises, you know, in a decentralized financed way, I think it's, it's beyond the mechanism. It's also enabling anyone to support a project that matters to them. It doesn't matter where they are and they can chip in whichever amount they, they feel comfortable investing. And from there, they can also be part of the realized gains from those investments rather than have from... I mean, let's go back to about 2011, 2012, where Kickstarter and uh, Indiegogo uh, brought this idea of, of crowdfunding. You know, this peer-to-peer crowdfunding, which shake the whole sort of fundraising part of stuff. And even the SEC had to adapt at that moment as well. You know, they came out with new regulations. Yeah, and, they made they made movements. Was. They made movements and, and then they had to they had to yeah. literally, you know, to adapt to, to what was going on in the marketplace. Absolutely. Absolutely. But it brought and this is the, the bridge that I want to make between DeFi and, and the whole IDO process with crowdfunding is you're essentially removing all the middlemen. And you know you go from the direct team to the end user or to the investor themselves, and without having all the big players in between. And I think this is truly empowering for both us as you know promoters and uh, you know the the developing team of this project, but also it's an empowering thing from the consumer standpoint and investor standpoint to have such proximity to a project. I think this is uh, this is a, an amazing time right now for creatives, makers, innovators. It hasn't been that easy to um, in, in many years to, to launch something, but this new reality of DeFi uh, compared to you know if we look at your traditional, we can almost call it traditional now. Your crowdfunding has been around for ages. Mm-hmm. The experience to do that is really, really great. But right now, if you look at DeFi and IDOs, the experience is, is not on par. And and be- before I let Andrew jump in real quick, I just want to say too as well is that what we hope to do in the future when it comes to these communities that we're building with these IDOs is what's happened with us. I mean, to give you an example, I mean, you know, Jason, you know, he's in Canada, you know, uh, Andrew, you know, he's he's in Australia. I'm I'm, I'm in Miami. We would have never connected and be able to build this company outside of any other space. And we hope to be able to use our platform to, so people can build those same relationships so they can go from ideation to launch. And this is really a proof of concept to be able to make that happen. Andrew, what do you think? Yeah, look, I, I listened to what you're both saying and you know, you're spot on. And you know, what you're saying, Jason, this, this whole thing was sort of introduced all the way back then. With you know Kickstarter really, and there's there's pros and cons with that. You know, I'm still waiting for a battery charger from 2013. Apparently, it's lost in the mail. Um, <laughs> I funded like uh, uh, I think it was like unscented shampoos to go hunting. And I never got that. I never got that. <laughs> but yeah, so I think. The idea of running this crowd sale contract that we've created, which is probably not normal for most projects that are starting to do that, is you know we see ourselves down that path of the IDEO platform and we want to help other tokens who are starting or, or getting moving create a community within our ecosystem and then potentially turn that community into a 
token or into a project or into an RDO. So effectively, you create a community, bring some people, and then you can be invited into our platform to, to launch your project. But one of the things that we want to do is, you know, we want to, and, and it's not an elegant term, but, you know, to eat your own dog food. You know, this is the path that we want to go down. And so we need to go down this path by doing what it is that we want to do. So we're going to use our own um, you know, RDO crowd sale contract because that's what we want other people to use down the track. So it's important that we go through that. We use that. We go through the same experience. And you know, we, we had a meeting earlier this week with some of our brand consultants and they said, oh yeah, you know, eat your own dog food. It's a 1980s Microsoft thing. You know, let's not do that. We'll come up with a more elegant one. But that was about three days ago and I haven't heard from them. So I'm throwing it out there. There you go. <laughs> I ain't calling them out. You're like, you're on contract already. Like... Exactly. You got to get back. You got to give me another something to lead on. But you know, yeah, we are. We're we're doing a lot in the background, and I would love to just go out there and you know throw the contract, start get started, do this. But it's worth more to us to make sure that we have an absolute A plus audit on three contracts. You know, we're probably at a B plus at the moment. We just resolve it. We have you know a couple of minor things. Actually, just around sort of testing in within the contract itself. So just um, test outputs and so forth that they wanted to see, which is fine. And so we're just waiting for that final review to come back. And and we are really excited to switch and, on. And, you know, and, we've and, got... and as as you stated before too, is that you know the report was back in A minus. A minus is still not good enough with anything that we do, even though it's an A. A plus is everything that we're going to do and setting that bar moving forward. And this is our first really, you know, it's really three products being launched, our three smart contracts and our token. And if it's not A+, plus, then it's not good enough to set the bar. And you've, it's you've Andrew. Yeah, exactly. And Andrew, you, you've been the one who said it. Like, if it's not going to be world-class A+, plus, then it's not happening, you know, then to have a delay if we have to. Yeah, and, and as I said, you know, we've got a responsibility and I don't want to look backwards into the past, but, you know, we've got a responsibility to to really get things right. And even if that means that, you know, uh, no, we just need to be disciplined. We need to be disciplined, you know, in our approach. We've got the opportunity now to effectively create a brand new smart contract. So it's critical that we get that done in the right way. So I, I won't harp on it, but, um, you know, that that's sort of where we're up to at the moment. And, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of things that we've been working on this week, just trying to get the finalization of the website. I mean, it's a challenging thing in tech. Um, a lot of you probably already know, but the, the last 10 or 20% takes as long as the first 80%. So, you know, you get the first 80% done, it takes X amount of time, but actually getting that last bit done, it's quite often you know, a very involved process, backward and forward, working with engineers, designers, making sure the tidbits... Um, you know, that that's a long process. And sometimes it's good to just stop at 80% because you can get something out there, ship and away you go. Other times it's good to get to, to 90 or 95%, but it takes a long time for that final mile, that last 10, 15%. Well, to, it's, it's, it's to funny you say that because there's an, old, there's an old adage in the US here, we say, especially when it comes to tech, is that 90% of the work is that last 10% of getting it finished. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we, we all know it. Uh, it's it's frustrating, but and there are times where that's okay, and the time there are times where that's not okay. Where there are times where it's okay to release the first eighty or ninety percent and be be comfortable with that because it's better to have a product out there, right? But there are also times, you know, like smart contract where money is on the line, where security is paramount, where no, you know, eighty or ninety percent is probably not good enough. Um, you know, we need to go one step further, even detrimentally. You know, we need to go one step further. So the 
there's times you can and times you can't. And, you know, we, we find that in the background all the time, you know, working on different things. And we've got to make calls around, is this ready to ship or not? As I said, we've got a video out there that that's probably at 80 or 90% at the moment. We want to make a few minor changes and then, uh, you know, we, we want to get something through. So there's... Yeah, and I, and, and I, and I, have, to, I have to agree on that too as well, is that before, you know, we ask for anyone's actual dollar amount investment, that we want to make sure that they'll have in their hands the audit of the smart contracts. They'll have a beautiful website for them to see. Um, they'll have a light paper in hand um, and then a white paper moving further down, down the line. Um, so they, they feel secure with their investment because it's a really compelling investment. Jason, do you want to kind of add, of, uh, add to what Andrew said? You know, if, if I'm going to say something, I think, and, and you know, I, I'm obviously listening and I'm taking a bit of a, a backseat here. And I think, you know, one of the topics that we wanted to cover today, uh, the CDFI topic. Well, that's, that's, actually, that's actually really what, what I was about to jump into too as well, is that Andrew mentioned that we were talking to the marketing guys, consultants, or whatever we would like to call them at this point. We're not doxing them um, to the public just at this moment. And, you know, there was the entire core team in there. And they were discussing this like, Willie, what, what, is, what is the core of what you're doing? What are you getting to the heart of? of and like, this is, it was a discovery call. And we, you dig deep and, you know, we talk about, you know, all of our ideas and, and what we're trying to present to the public and, and how the copy can be written, how we put pen to paper when it comes to language. And I think Eli put it best is that what Ember really is, is a centralized gateway. And this is, this is key, a centralized gateway to the decentralized world of crypto. And this is what they call CD5. And this is something that's new in the space that makes us so compelling of an investment and so compelling for people that, that are best in their class to work with us is because of the fact that we are on the cutting edge of a new, a new marketplace or a new sector that, that's not been defined yet. And that's CD5. Yeah. And the reason why I, I was making this parallels because if you look at how we're lining up sort of the roadmap and the things that we're working on, and if you hear, you know, uh, gateway, a synonym to that is an ecosystem, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's the same sort of vision and approach. And if you look at the app, when Andrew just mentioned, you'll be able to, you know, there's about 300 tokens in there. That's centralization, you know, that's enabling this idea of having access to, and it's really, it's enabling crypto enthusiasts, uh, both the new ones uh, that have not interacted with it so much, but also the veterans, you know, that have been the very early adopters and that have paved the way and that have been those, you know, MS DOS type of approach to crypto where they've been typing in commands and executing things directly in the smart contract. But obviously your new crypto enthusiasts, uh, they're not going to want to have this experience. And we've talked about this in prior episodes. We want to create this centralized experience, this, this ecosystem experience to a world which is very much decentralized. So this new kid on the block, this CDFI, something that actually exists. You know, it's not just something made up. 
It's, you know, if you look at the Binance smart chain, their initial approach was, was exactly that. You know, it's token. And, you know, everybody's saying, you know, when Binance and things like that, you know, it's, and the reasons why everybody wants to get on it, it's because the standard is quite high in regards to vetting tokens <laughs> and the gate to get in is something that is to be trusted. And uh, we want to do the same thing for our ecosystem. Um, and that's say DeFi is, is exactly that. I mean, it's, it's centralized to finance. And the idea here is that the team is centralized. You know, what we do from a financial perspective, what we're doing, the way that we're operating, the way that we're building products is centralized. But the way that you engage with us is effectively decentralized. You know, you can operate with us how you choose to operate. And that's okay. But what you expect from us is, you know, you expect names on paper. You know, you expect um, to see us, to know who we are. People look at my LinkedIn all the time. I get messages all the time and in general from different places. Some of them good, some of them not good, some of them constructive. But the reality is that there is a face to the name. You know, it's not ghost cowboy and, you know, a photo, a cartoon or something, because that's not where you should want to invest your money. And if, uh, you know, if you do, that's okay. But we want to be a little bit more, you know, transparent than that. And that's what CDFI is all about. It's about putting the onus of responsibility on us. Yeah. Um, and that's, 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 that's be a little bit decentralized. Yeah. And that's, that's actually what the, um, consulting and marketing group that we we're talking to yesterday, what they kind of were pushing down on is like, why you guys, like, why would I, like I, I have I have some very um, hesitant decisions when it comes to my portfolio, and are you guys going to be doing some sort of vetting on it? What what does it take to be part of your project? And are you guys going to have some redundancies in place and some vetting processes in place to give some security to people that are just coming off the street that want to be a part of the this this and, whole and decentralized thing? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, we want teams who are adopted. So that, that's the first thing. You need to be doxxed. And if there's somebody on your team who is not doxxed, it's going to be important for us that they don't have access to your you know, liquidity pool or to the keys to the castle per se if they're not doxxed. That's a critical thing for us. You know, If they're on the team and they're not doxxed, that's fine as long as they don't have the keys to the castle because that responsibility flows upline and downline for us. We've seen it too often. We've seen it too often as witnesses, you know, of other projects. And unfortunately, I mean, you can decide to do it however you want on your own terms. But the platform and the ecosystem that we're building, it's just a different approach. And we feel that, you know, you look at market leaders in the non-DeFi world, you think about like a payment processor uh, as big as Stripe, these brothers... (laughs) Could it have worked as anonymous, you know, as undoxed people? It would not have been able to get no. that big. But then you've got teams like PancakeSwap. You know, most of them are, are not doxed. So, you know, that kind of goes the opposite. But it is very much the exception. that There's not that many teams out there that are in that position, I guess. I also think, too, just when it comes to projects going to be launched on our IDL launchpad, and this is paramount to what we're doing with the Ember token as well, just to bring it, you know, full circle is that we want to make sure there's not one single entity, person that has so much leverage over a project. They can be able to flex anytime they want to. This idea that where they, there's one single person that has leverage over a project where they don't have any input on what the project is. 
And that's important something what we do here at Ember and also too with projects going to be launched on our ideal launchpad. Yeah, it's a really good point, Rob. I mean, we, as you guys probably know, we have a maximum cap for purchasing in at both the private and public pre-sale rounds. And that maximum cap, uh, 50K USD at this point in time, at least for the private pre-sale, which represents about half a percent of tokens, we've been told that that's quite high in itself. And, you know, in hindsight, it is quite high, but it's not 5% or 15% of a total circulation, which is a really challenging place to be because all of a sudden at that point in time, you're appeasing individuals as opposed to a community. And that can be a, a really challenging place to be, you know. And we've sort of been in some situation before and even looking at this token and this project as a whole, you know, this obviously this project as a whole well, it was meant to ship with, you know, the previous legacy project that we were working through. And that unfortunately didn't happen. You know, it was always the intention that it would. But, you know, we get to a point where we need to create a token. We need to create tokenomics for this that allow us to move into that finance sort of space, to move into a a clever and a smart adoption where we want to be. You know, you can't do that, we don't believe, with, you know, tokenomics that allow for burn and, you know, all of those sorts of things and reflections. And isn't it great when people, you know, and, you know, you get taxed 10%, 15%, and it's a challenging place to be, you know, being able to say we are 0% tax. You want a day trade? Go for it. You want to use this as a utility to go and buy a sandwich and an orange juice at the shop? Well, that's what I was going to say too as well. With zero tax and like an actual currency is that, and our broader scope is, and we've, we've put this in the new website, which is, I think it's beautiful, that we expect this to be a real currency. That at some point in the future that you'll be able to walk into a coffee shop. And I don't want to give too much information away. Like I said earlier, you guys, you guys always <laughs> cracking me on the head for kind of for revealing too much. But that you, you know, could have the ability to where this could be a real legitimate form of currency. Jason, do you want to add to that as well? What Andrew's thoughts were? No, I'm I'm listening in, and I, I love everything that I hear. You know, uh, you guys are covering the topics quite well. And as I said earlier, the CDFI aspect of things, it's our way of of, of giving people access to um, really uh, an amazing suite of DeFi products, and. There's no, but I mean, going back to again some discussions we have with people about the experience on side chains and you know buying specific tokens or anything like that. A lot of people, and, and if you look at the current market, there's some really really great apps that are out there for layer one coins. Like if you think about Coinbase, Gemini, they help. You know, the acquisition and the transaction and the exchange of layer one coins. But if you think about anything in the DeFi world, it's just still not there. And unfortunately, you know, some, some of these people that we interview and they're like, well, I was interested in buying this token that I've been hearing so much about. I'm just not sure, you know, how to get there. And I don't want to make any mistakes. And, Sometimes people want to go in heavy and mm-hmm. like you want to go in heavy and like, and you know, you don't know half of the steps to get there and how are you going to risk it? You know, it's yeah, it's almost, let's say it's going to invest 50K and then, but like there's so many steps in the hurdles and then also a real legitimate being able to lose your money before you even get invested in this particular project or token. That's a real 
fear for most people. Yeah, absolutely. And that's exactly why we're trying to do everything we can to go into this project with as much transparency and as much completed already, you know, uh, you know, sensibly as possible. And and this comes back to that, you know, tokenomics sort of conversation around making sure that we've got the right tokenomics to go down the path that we want to go down to effectively create strong utility as a project. And, you know, we've consulted people whose hourly rate is is pretty substantial, but we get value from that. You know, we've spent a lot of dollars getting to the right point in time that we have a comfortable project that we can execute upon. And we're really at the doorstep of that now. And it's it's an exciting, it's a really exciting time actually. And you know, all of the efforts from those in the founders team, in the core team, in the community team, it's appreciated by me, you know, by everybody, by the community. And you know, we have a strong community and a community that is going to get stronger. You know, we've got I think a few thousand people sort of now comfortably. But that's going to grow quite quickly. You know, we we've already generated advertising. Uh, we've got some great banner ads that uh, Jamie and Gustavo have worked through and, and completed, which look fantastic. We're going to be pushing those out for the public presale so that we get a bit of um, you know exposure there. I do just want to add too, as well, is that so the general community understands that number one that Andrew took time out of his day it was like five a.m., four a.m. when we first started. Mm kind of getting you on here, where he took time out of his day because he's committed. And also as well as that, we have been putting in time and work and our own funds to make this happen before we've ever asked for you guys to invest a penny. And that's what you guys well, is important to understand. Well, we've got one investor, to be honest. We've had one person invest very early. Who, who well, yes, well. An opportunity, and that has been very helpful in making sure that we can get a lot of the things And crucial to what we're doing. Absolutely. I meant to the general community. price is no different to the private sale. So you know, we've, we've had one person join that uh, so far. And um, you know, we're in a really fortunate position that you know, we've got the ability to do a lot of these things to get the correct start because of that. There's a number of things that we're sort of, I, I guess, you know, running through. And, and just looking at, as I said before, just jumping back onto the tokenomics. And I think this is a great opportunity to go maybe into a few questions because obviously today at Ember is a platform where you know, we want to give voice to some of the community members uh, that had some uh, questions about where we're at, you know, some potential concerns or some feedback. So I think that, Rob, you've noted a few of them and um, we'll just take some time to address those and answer them as much as we can. I also want to take some time to to address exactly what today at Ember is. I know I know last week some people were expecting this this is not a project update. Of course this will entail that where we'll give updates to what the actual project is doing and there'll be some, some exciting announcements and great guests like Andrew yourself to be involved here. But really what this is is a weekly informative podcast to be connected to the community, to have discussions, and those things will sort of intertwine. So set expectations properly to where every week that we're going to give you new and exciting information and exciting debate and conversation. But don't always expect the level of where you know we're going to be dropping something every single week to where you can expect these updates. Those will happen as we go along. And this is the place to get them at. 
But just expect more of a level of this is more of a podcast and a conversational informative series than this is a project update happening every week. Because you know, this is yeah. this, this was done as as a as a way to stay connected to the community so that you guys know that we're here, that we're working and what we're doing. Yeah. And what we want to do, once we start actually pushing um, product out and we get to the right position with obviously a, a full product launch of the project of the token and we start rolling things through, I would like to get to a point where we do potentially some kind of you know technical update uh, each month where we actually run through um, our backlog of stories. We may even actually show a sprint board we show some information. We talk about what we're doing from a, a sort of you know project perspective and product perspective, so that we've got this nice balance between what we're doing now. Um, you know, uh, Robin, uh, Jason, what you guys are hosting here with today at Ember, uh, and this is more of the casual conversation. We can sort of have a chat, totally not scripted, and then we have that sort of you know, maybe once a month, um, real in depth run through on what we're doing, where we're up to, where we're going through. And that's yeah. sort of where I see it going because it means that because a project update, doing that and running through that from the product perspective and scripting and getting through and doing all of you know, that takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of setup. You know, there's documents that happen in the background. Whereas you know, setting up demonstrations now, and everything, it's 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 a Herculean yeah, effort. It's, it's, it takes a lot of effort and energy. What we're doing now is not more casual. You know, we can have eight dot points. These are the things we want to run through on today's show and where we go. And and obviously, you guys are going to have you know as you already have. Know, different guests that come on, and, and sometimes those guests could also be vendors that we're working with, like the guys who we're working yeah. with you know, around brand. So yeah. it, it's exciting. It's a really good point. And right now, we've been obviously the focus of this show because, you know, this is the only project that is emerging right now out of uh, Ember. But going forward, there's this thing which, you know, I'm not dropping a bomb, but, you know, Going forward, we have this thing that's called Ember Life. And we feel that this is going to be a centerpiece uh, to what it is to be one of those innovators, one of those creators, and uh, one of those makers on the Ember platform. And Ember Life is really about featuring and shining a light on, on those entrepreneurs that are launching something and getting their take on their experience and what are their hurdles. Yeah, there. and having them on think, today at Amber too as well, the, their core team to have them on, have to discuss they, the, what their absolutely. opinions are and, and, and what, their, what their motivating factors are. Absolutely. And we'll want to do that. And we're going to take a back seat, you know, in regards to, you know, us, Amber per se. And we're going to want to put some featured product and projects out there and I just can't wait to speak with these people that take advantage of this sort of uh, ecosystem and this gateway to decentralized products that we're building to empower them to create, you know, the the next wave of crypto project that, that and, will change the world. And um, just very quickly, too, just to kind of segue into that, too, we're excited to talk to to people that are part of the projects. Let's talk to some people in the community. Just a couple quick questions. I have Blue Whale here, and I think this is this is a great question for you guys to answer. You guys are the perfect people to answer this. Blue Whale says, does the team analyze the market? It would be interesting if they have analyzed the question, when are they trying to get to the customers? Why do you want to use our platform? The short answer is what we're working on, uh, we believe does not exist. 
That's the first thing. You know, we talk about Launchpad and that's wonderful. And, you know, everyone goes, yep, great. There's lots of Launchpads out there. That's fantastic. But we don't believe there's anybody out there that is doing what we are proposing to do. And some of what we're proposing to do, we probably haven't really been as visible with yet as what we will be. You know, but the reality is effectively molding, you know, a launch pad into a community where they work together. You know, the community switches on and then the community has an opportunity to launch in either direction. So they come with a project and they want to launch and then create a community or vice versa. They actually come in with an idea. They generate a community around that idea. It gathers steam. They get some members on board. And then from there, they either propose to be launched through the launchpad or they're invited to be launched. You know, if you get 5,000 people who are really eager and passionate about something, that's an opportunity to go, okay, great. There's your community on our crypto social. Let's look at bringing you into our launchpad and helping support you through that process. But then not just that, actually having an app as well that allows us to track all of the tokens and potentially click on a token and have a look at, you know, there's four conversations happening. There's three new threads. There's 22 comments, you know, since you last looked at this. And we can sort of have a look at where there's engagement around different communities from our app into the community, into the IDO. So what we're looking to do, what we're proposing to do is we want to create a full circle, you know, cryptocurrency-centric you know, ecosystem. And there's some great products out there now. You know, Reddit is used quite heavily, obviously, Discord, Telegram, but actually grabbing that bit of magic that they individually have and bringing it to these other areas so that we're not sort of granular all over the place. That's one of the things we want to want to do. And it's not just about being a one-stop shop. You know, everyone wants to be a one-stop shop. It's also about actually creating a user experience for people who can just come on straight away and pick it up. You know, I talked to my, my lawyer and he says to me, I got no idea how to do all this stuff, the Discord and how to create an account. You know, we need we need the you know mom pop at the, the hardware store to be able to jump onto you know joinember.com, create an account, find a community, engage, start using it. It needs to be Facebook, Twitter, Instagram level of simple. And you know, James and I have gone through that before. We've produced products before that have reached millions of eyeballs. So we need to go down that path and effectively bring what is currently a little bit complex and clunky into a user experience that's accessible by everybody. Well, I love that idea too as well. This is my part of this project and what we were talking about to our consultants is that to have a level of continuity because everything so, seems so separated when it comes to being able to be involved into this decentralized world. And that's why it's literally the definition of decentralized is the idea that it's not you know, there's really no real one continuity user interface that they can make this happen. And so it's kind of a double-edged sword. And I know, um, uh, Jason, you were speaking about the other day when we were talking to them is that, you know, the idea was is that, you know, just, you know, in the previous couple of years that everyone wanted to focus on one sort of, one niche market where back, you know, 10 years ago, where it was all about trying to be the all-in-one and how it's coming full circle now. Do you want to kind of jump on that, Jay, and your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, if you've been around for more than a couple of years, I mean, depends on your age, your bracket, age obviously. Yeah, old here, apparently. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think we're, we're the some of the three oldest in, in the project. But yeah, if you, if you look at the patterns, I mean, it's cyclical. It began very much as a highly specialized product approach. And then there was this 
fragmentation, you know, of having 25 different products to do pretty much this one thing that you want to do, but it's so specialized and fragmented that you need to operate different things. And then obviously the bundle approach came around and you had this all-in-one idea of, of doing something. And then and then again, cycle starts again because there's innovation and in different pro, you know, the, the technologies and then it empowers or opens up new new avenues and new ways of creating single focused product that are extremely performant, then again, creates the same problem again, where you have fragmentation. And I think that in the last sort of five years, five, six years, we've been witnessing these highly specialized products that have gained enormous traction. You look at Slack, which is a highly specialized product. But by being this one thing, it lacks so many things. And that's why, you know, after you start seeing video appearing on it, which was something that you have your Zoom of the world, that is a highly specialized product again. So you find yourself, you want to chat on one, you need to talk on the other, and then you want to do project management on the other one. So again, logins different flows, you know, all those sorts of experience, they're all fragmented. But ultimately, I think that it goes down to use cases. And you need to be able to wrap around and create those personas and stories around these use cases. And what we're doing at Ember is we've identified different use cases. And more specifically, obviously, you know, you we're building this market, you know, ultimately it is a two-sided marketplace where you have the people that are seeking those projects. So it's more like a discovery. How can we facilitate discovery of those emerging projects that are very nascent in their development that sometimes they're just in a thread conversation in one of those platforms to the other side of the marketplace where you have these individuals that are highly motivated in creating something innovative. But unfortunately, their world is fragmented from both the, the like, how can I launch something to how can I bring this other side of the marketplace together? Because and, it's and, all fragmented. And, and, and also to even on the end user side, who may want to be as we were talking to those the, the gentleman the other day, who even there were they they want to be part of these projects, but even they feel like the the learning curve is so so high that we're and full of risk and full, full of risk, of- full of risk. And I I think that the, the, we're doing some numbers the day of people that just be able to transfer their wallet. I mean my my own brother, I'm calling him out, Brandon. If you hear me, don't get mad at me. But like even where he was <laughs> trying to send from one wallet to another and said memo. In the real world, you think, well, it's a memo like this is what this is for. Not that he had to copy the actual memo and there was money lost. And I'm sure he's not the first person to to have had that experience. So we want to make sure that's all streamlined. That's a really good point. I mean, a memo in the real world is what it's for. Hey, you know, this, this is for my tracksuit <laughs> yeah, pants, exactly. right? I mean, <laughs> that's great, Brendan. That's not going to get you the dollars, man. <laughs> yeah. uh, this is where the user experience just doesn't, doesn't always work out, unfortunately. And yeah. We've got a lot of things that we 
want to bring to market. And it's an ambitious project, but we are in a, a good position. And, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, you are here early. You're here very early. You're here while we're building building. You know, the doors, the doors are about to open. You know, we're, we're putting the champagne on ice or, you know, putting the hors d'oeuvres on, you know, uh, you know, in the oven, whatever. I, I, like, I, like, that I like that analogy. I like that analogy. We're at that point <laughs> now. And, um, you know, we, we appreciate everybody who is here and a part of this this community. I appreciate every every single person. And, you know, I get a lot of Telegram and, you know, DMs and these sorts of things. And I try and respond to, to each and every one of them, obviously, because we are at that point now where you know, and, and I'm just looking at, at the, the Discord right now. And actually, the, there's a comment just a, a little bit earlier from uh, Carillion and just basically saying, you know, you've got to get things right first time in crypto or you're going to lose your money. You know, top people, you know, that's the, the sentiment at market is get it right, you're going to lose your money. And you know, a lot of the people who are going to be in crypto are not there yet because of the barriers to entry. And the barriers to entry... They're an experience. They are a front-end barrier. You know, the way the blockchain operates, that's just ones and zeros. That's code. The way that you actually engage the experience is generated yeah, there's, by... There's also people. no reason for it to be so difficult. Because the, yeah, the, yeah, the, the code's working no matter what, how the user inter- interface is. But for some reason, no one's taken the time to think to themselves like, let's make this easier. And that's why Coinbase is so successful because they don't see what's happening underneath. They just know I put some money in, this is what I get. They don't understand all the blockchains. Yes, exactly. That's what people want. They want to click and it happens. They don't need to know and they don't care how it operates. That's the last thing they want to know. When you withdraw money from an ATM, does it tell you or do you have to actually know how does the money get yeah, into the, routing, the, the routing, the routing numbers and how it's all going through each other? And yeah, No, you, 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 it's, that's not important. You just want the bills to come out. That's it. You press a couple buttons, you put your pin, and the money's out. That's it. Yeah. It's not you. Uh, that's it. And we're working with, you know, um, online, offline fiat organizations, big ones at the moment, around doing exactly that. So that, you know, we've got onboard, offboard for your, for your tokens. You know, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of people out there. You want to get some money for Saturday night to, to, to go out for dinner, to go to the baseball. Okay, on, on Wednesday or Thursday, you've got to go and do a transfer through pancake swap, send your money from here to here. Then you've got to do an offboard, send it to your bank account. Then you wait for the bank account to process through and you wait a couple of days. You know, that's a complex thing. And if, you know, BNB goes up 8% that day, you're like, ah, oh, I sold out yesterday and I'm waiting for it to come through. And then one of your mates is sick on the Friday night after the baseball anyway, and you don't end up going out for drinks. Now you've got like 800 bucks or 500 bucks you pulled out to go and have a big night with the boys, and that didn't happen. And you're like, well, I, I could have... We want to get. And if you want to put it back in there, it's just as complicated. We want to get to a point where we're actually going through and you're at the baseball and the boys are like, let's have a good one. And you're just like, let's go get a round of drinks. Bang, I've got my Ember here. I've got my app. Buzz. And away you go. And that's the kind of onboard offboard that we want to get this this thing to from a financial currency utility. And also, too, you're not really pulling a full rob because everything that you're talking about is actually on our website, which everyone needs to check out because it's absolutely gorgeous. Jamie has done a fantastic job. James as well. And this is only just the beginning. I mean, I don't want to call it version 2. I more call it like version 1.5. And when mm-hmm. you see when it comes to the Web3 interface, when it comes to how to actually buy the Amber token, when it comes to our 
you know, actual, uh, I was talking to uh, Liam the other day when he was, you know, designing the, the user interface when it comes to how to buy Ember. And he literally was so impressed. Like, it's like, there's thousands of lines of code when it comes to the smart contract and how it's integrated to our Web3 interface to be able to what is essentially our IDO launchpad. I mean, it's some pretty impressive stuff. And for those that are listening, make sure you guys check out. It's, you know, joinembrembr.com. And there's some amazing things on there. Listen, we're going to wrap up. We're running a little over time. Jason, uh, Andrew, do you guys want to add anything before we get out of here? No, I just want to say a big thank you. Obviously, uh, Jason and Rob, you guys do a great job with the show. And uh, it's been a privilege to be on it today and to, to express my, my two cents. And uh, hopefully I'll, I'll jump in again at some point in the future. It is an early start for me, but it's, it's great to jump on and, and engage with yourselves and chat to the community and um, you know, take a few questions and so forth. So I'm always around and I'll continue to you know, be around. And we're working hard. You know, we're, we're doing pretty much eight-hour days every day to, to get this thing off. Plus, I'm also working on you know, a couple of day job things at the moment um, you know, so that uh, you know, from a financial perspective, I, I run my own thing. I don't need to, to worry about um, that. So you, know, we, you mean you're getting you know, sleep? I haven't slept until March, Andrew. What are you doing? Really? <laughs> Or Honestly, <laughs> my wife, I was making a coffee the other day and my wife literally turned to me, love her. She literally turned to me and goes, dude, you look like shit. <laughs> Good thing this is mostly uh, an audio platform. I know, I know, I know. No, no. In, t- in, in two weeks, no one will know what you look like. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, sure. thanks, Andrew, for uh, coming, uh, coming with us. And uh, yeah, looking forward to having you uh, again in the next couple of weeks. It's been a real pleasure, Andrew. Hey, guys, this has been Today at Amber. I am your host, Rob Velazzi, along with Jason Dominique. We had a special guest today, Andrew Cunningham, CEO of Amber. It's a weekly informative series. You guys can catch us at twitch.tv slash join Amber. That's join A-M-B-R. You can catch us here every, every week at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And of course, you can follow us on all the podcasts, whatever your format is, whether that's Spotify or Apple Podcasts, we'll always be here. You guys check out the new website, our new merch. We'll be happy to see you and we'll be happy to see you next week. Thank you guys.